This is Top Floor, episode 44. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 44. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast right up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Top Floor. I'm Susan Berry, your host and elevator operator, and I recently had the great honor of recording Loading Dock Stories at High Tech 2022 in Orlando, Florida. It was the 50th anniversary of the conference. If you're a regular listener, you know that one of my favorite things to do is hear the funny, crazy, and just plain weird stories that happen in the hospitality business. These are the stories which often involve naked people, hidden money, and all kinds of bad behavior that get whispered in the employee break room, texted during staff meetings, and most especially shared at the loading dock. If you've ever worked in a hotel, you know that the reception desk is the front line for crazy. So in this episode, I'm excited to share tales from the front desk that include a flying bowling ball, a fake hotel, and a midnight train from Georgia. And if you enjoy these, stay tuned for six more high-tech stories in episode 45. Going down. My first guest at the loading dock was none other than Jeff Bazdovka. Jeff's illustrious career has spanned both hotel brands and hotel tech companies. And he is currently chief executive officer at Noland, which provides business development products and services to the hospitality industry. This year, Jeff was inducted into the Hospitality, Financial, and Technology Professionals International Hospitality Technology Hall of Fame, one of only 51 professionals to ever have received this honor. To be honest, Jeff's pedigree and awards made me worry that his story would be a little stuffy. So I was delighted when he cracked me up instead. Maybe one of my most memorable moments as a hotelier, uh, I was front office manager at the Hyatt Regency in Milwaukee. Are you serious? Yeah. I consulted at that hotel three different projects. Oh, really? Yes, okay. I know that hotel like a back right. of my hand. Right, yeah, that is, I started uh, bussing tables in high school working at oh, that cool. property. I uh, came out as a corporate management trainee, so I spent a lot of time in Milwaukee at the Hyatt there. And probably one of my most memorable, difficult moments, and having been a director of sales, uh, don't take this commentary the wrong way, <laughs> So I had a salesperson, uh, the director of sales for the property. Uh, it was a Sunday, um, we had a very heavy turn. I think it was 450 rooms in, 450 rooms out. The group that was leaving was related to the NFL and at that time the Green Bay Packers still played in Milwaukee. And the director of sales committed a late checkout of 4 p.m. and it was a 6 p.m. 
uh, game. Uh Well, that same salesperson committed to a early check-in of 11 a.m. for a group of women bowlers. (laughs) And just picture this. So, you know, there are four to six ladies in a room Mm -hmm. and they were not too happy when I was telling them, I'm sorry, we don't have rooms and we're not going to have rooms until seven at night. And uh, I ended up having to pull my staff off the front desk because it was getting really ugly. And to the point where the head of this women bowlers group reaches down into her bowling bag and pulls out her bowling ball. And nice wind up, great form, and threw it (laughs) over the front desk. Luckily, I was able to move. No way. And the ball actually stuck in the wall. Stop it. Yeah, and uh, at that point, I called the director of sales at home, and I said, excuse me, I think I need your help to work the front desk. absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So, I guess what I would have done if I were you is leave that hole in the wall <laughs> and put her, the director of sales face inside. Or on the bowling ball. Yes. This That's is funny. you. This is your fault. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, what, did anything happen to the bowler that threw the bowling ball? Oh, nothing. Did no, she? nothing. We upgraded her. Of course you did. (laughs) Yeah, of course. 10 comp nights and 25 breakfasts. Yeah, we ended up, uh, yeah, I think when she saw the ball sticking in the wall, she felt a bit embarrassed. She was still yelling at me, and it's amazing. I learned some new words that day. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and she was the head of the association. So it was hard to say, well, I'm going to talk to your boss because she was the head of the association. It ended up a couple days later. She came down. She apologized. And she said, yeah, I know it wasn't your fault. You were just in a bad, bad situation. What do you think she was trying to do? Hit you with it? Or just make a point? I think it was more making a point. Okay. From what I understand, she bowled a couple 300 games in her life. So (laughs) chances are, if she was really trying to hit me, she would have hit me. (laughs) That's awesome. Going down. Next up, I chatted with Jennifer Hill, who is Vice President of Commercial Strategy at Calibri Labs. Jennifer is a Zoom friend of several years, so I was really excited to finally get to meet her in person. Her first hotel was the same one where almost every person in her family worked at some point. Her grandmother opened it as the hostess in the restaurant in the early 60s. And her mom was a banquet server there while pregnant with Jennifer. Her mom was also her boss there as assistant general manager, which is when this first story happened. My loading dock story happens 20 years ago or more. I grew up in the hotel business and I was working the front desk at a Holiday Inn in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And if you're not familiar with your Civil War history, Chambersburg is the only northern town burned by the Confederates during the Civil War. That is one of the, if not the only claim to fame (laughs) of this tiny rural Pennsylvania town where I'm from. And I was working the front desk on a Sunday afternoon. And I say Sunday afternoon specifically because it was well after checkout, was not a lot happening. And so there was no distraction from this phone call I'm about to tell you about. 
I took a phone call. I remember the woman's first and last name, but of course I'll only say Diane. Diane was calling me to ask questions about the hotel during her stay. And there were many about the smoke alarms, many, (laughs) many about the fire alarms and the smoke alarms. And that hotel actually had had a fire, which unfortunately did result in a death in the early 80s. And I thought, gosh, maybe she read up on it. Did she Google it? How does she know that there was a, you know, a very unfortunate death in a fire here in the early 80s? And we have the um, best in class fire uh, a detection system. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm 17. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, they work. Yes, they work. And then she's like, well, my name's Diane. And I'm just, you know, I get really nervous. And I said, well, you know, it is really safe. And you can make sure you're in a non-smoking room because there were still smoking rooms back then. Um, and she was like, well, I just am really worried about them doing it again. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, the Confederates. What if they burn the town again? And I said, I don't... I." I don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. I can't make any promises. But I was literally speechless. I'm telling you, Susan, I was on the phone with this woman for an hour convincing her that the Confederates... I have never wanted somebody to need a toilet plunge or to check in whatever they needed. A bus to pull up that I wasn't expecting all by myself at the desk because this was right off the highway. So, you know, that happened all the time. She thought she was gen- genuinely concerned that the Confederates were going to burn the town of Chambersburg again on her visit to visit Civil War sites because it is 30 miles west of Gettysburg. So did you ever pick up like where she got this notion? No, because once I realized why she was asking me this question... I was just speechless. Mm-hmm. I had nothing left to give so after that. So she was extra crazy is all extra, we can conclude. Extra crazy. She <laughs> was very concerned. Safety first. She knew everything oh my God. possible to know about our... Uh, and I mean, I answered it. To, and so I worked for my mom. My mom was the assistant general manager. Serious? So I worked for my mom. And it was Sunday afternoon. So it was one time she wasn't at work. And I literally humped the phone and dialed our house phone. And I said, Mommy, you're never going to guess. <laughs> she was like, that didn't happen. I said, no, it did. Of oh course it happened. God. So did she end up coming to stay? Do you yes. know? Seriously? I, absolutely. She did come to stay. And she was my friend the entire time she was there. The hotel did not uh, get burned. The town did not get burned again. <laughs> I'm very relieved to hear that. Absolutely. Jennifer Hill's second story felt so familiar to me, not because I had heard it before, but because I've definitely said something a little off to a guest before. And side note, if you don't know the Gladys Knight and the Pip song she's referring to here, you can find a link to it in the show notes. When I was a part-time night auditor at that Holiday Inn in Frederick, Maryland, uh, I was attending an all-women's college at the time. It's it's now fully coeducational, but it's called Hood College. And they always brought in really great speakers for us. And it was 6 o'clock in the morning or something, and I was checking in a VIP. And I knew it was a VIP because she was coming to speak at the college. And it was uh, Dora McDonald. And Dora McDonald was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s personal secretary. And she made a career after being Dr. King's secretary of being a civil rights activist in her own right. And she did the college speaking tour. 
But Ms. McDonald did not fly. Ms. McDonald lived in Atlanta. And at six o'clock in the morning, finishing up my shift at a night audit, I offered to walk Ms. McDonald by this time it was a little older to her room, leaving the desk fully unattended. And on the way there, asked her if she took the overnight train from Georgia and then immediately regretted what I had said. <laughs> and I don't think she caught it, but she insisted on giving me a $20 tip. So I, I don't know if that was like a, oh, honey, bless your heart tip, or if she just really appreciated not having to carry her bag to her room. But I did ask, uh, I did ask her if she had taken the overnight the midnight train. The midnight train. I did, Georgia. yeah. So, how did she get there if she wasn't on the midnight train? So I think Georgia? she did. I think she did take a, uh, she did take a midnight train, an uh -huh. overnight train, and then I don't know how she got from Union Station in Washington D.C. to Frederick. But at the time, I wasn't involved in those types of operations. She checked in by herself, so maybe she took a taxi. I don't know. This sounds like a good time to take a break. When we're back, more stories from High Tech 2022. Top Floor is supported by SiteMinder. In an online world that never sleeps, you can't afford to be off ever. So how do you keep rooms full, guests raving, costs down, and staff happy? SiteMinder is the world's leading hotel commerce platform that provides hoteliers like you with the tools you need to sell, market, manage, and grow your business, all from a single dashboard. It's technology without the need to be super techie, intelligence without the detective work, and simplicity without leaving anything out. To learn more about how SiteMinder can help your hotel grow online, Visit siteminder.com forward slash top floor. Going down. James Bishop is vice president of ecosystem and strategic partnerships at SiteMinder, a hotel commerce platform. James was attending high tech from London, but because I'm terrible at geography and maps, I convinced myself that he was Australian. So I have conveniently edited that part of the conversation out of this story to make myself look less bad. Instead, I'll let James describe the time that SiteMinder built something so good that it inadvertently fooled some travelers. I've listened to some of these stories that I've heard and a lot of it is about the goings on within hotels and um, whilst I was a hotelier before I got into uh, hotel technology, um, I was probably a hotelier with a geek streak. Um, so that's how I ended up working for the hotel providers um, without showing my age too much. Um, but um, so I thought it would be more fun to have a story from, from a technology provider and, and some of the things that we do wrong rather than, uh, rather than from the hotel front. I think that's uh, perfectly apropos for high tech. Absolutely. So um, this was in the early days of SiteMinder. And you know, when we had you know, been running a few years and, and I think we just had the office in Sydney. Um, and... Uh, we we'd recently created our next platform, the booking button, which, uh, and this, you know, we're going back over 10 years now. So this is before all hotels had their own direct booking engines and, and so on and so forth. So we've, we've created this direct booking engine, it's going great. 
and the sales team are really enthusiastic about making this product look good when they're selling it to, to, to hotels. And uh, they do a great job. Our marketing team did an amazing job creating a, uh, a booking engine that looks like a hotel's booking engine so that when we're talking to hotels and showing it to them and they can play around with it. They can envision it. They can envision it. And, and, and they made this hotel, which had the address of our office, obviously, because we don't have a hotel, look fantastic. And, and we let hotels play with it and so on. Um, and then one, um, uh, one morning, there was a, a, a couple walked into the reception of, of the office with, with about four suitcases. No way! Are you for real? <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. They, we hadn't noticed, but someone had actually found our booking engine and thought this was a beautiful hotel overlooking the uh, Circular Quay in oh, Sydney, no. right there in the rocks for like... 75 bucks a night, which you would never get in the rocks, right, right? of course. And book themselves in for, for they, they're sitting standing there at the front desk with their confirmation and everything. So I think, I don't know who it was. It was probably at the time one of our founders who had to just explain and apologize. But oh I my think, God. I know, which, uh, so that's a lesson that we learned very quickly. That's um, your direct booking engine can be easily found. <laughs> Right? Even if you're not trying to. What a good story and, to tell for, as you're selling, right? And content is king. So, I mean, this is amazing looking booking engine that no one was marketing and no one was trying to get found, managed to get a reservation. Um, don't worry about those guests. We had some very friendly, nice customers locally who... Uh, who were happy to take them at the rate that they booked. Oh, so, so that's what so I was going to ask what well happened. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. Going down. Like James, Kate Berta has a story about when being a little too good at her job backfired. Kate is CEO of Kate Berta and & Company and has the distinction of being the first ever return guest to the loading dock. You can listen to her first loading dock story in episode two of Top Floor. I thought about this and it was when I was a front desk clerk back in the day in Minnesota and it was a Sunday and one of our top accounts uh, for that hotel was Lend-Lease Trucking. Lend-Lease, Lend-Lease. And, uh, and their CEO, which I will rename nameless, very common name, will say it was David Johnson, which it was <laughs> not, but it was something like that. Mm-hmm. So we were awaiting David Johnson's arrival for Monday. And it was a Sunday and everybody, you know, he always had a certain, the corner suite on the top floor and we knew what he ate, we know what he enjoyed for a cocktail. We knew the whole nine yards. And so it was a Sunday and it was quiet, you know, kind of in that time. And this gentleman comes up and he's, you know, well-dressed, kind of looks like he stepped off of a boat. And he said, hello, I'm Dave Johnson. I said, without letting Mr. Johnson even say another breath, I said, Mr. Johnson, we have got everything all set up for you. I am so glad you're here. I'm Kate. If there's anything you need, and he said, and he's like, well, okay. And he pulls out his credit card. I'm like, we've got you. We're <laughs> fine. If there's anything you need, we hear it. And I gave him the key packet. And, and again, I thought this was my shining moment. <laughs> I thought it was my shining moment. And uh, so 
So off he goes, happier, happier than he's ever been. <laughs> and, uh, so he's like up in the suite. Oh, yes. swimming in a yes, pool doing of a cocktail float. shrimp. <laughs> and uh, so I get into work the next day because I did a back to back, right? So I did the the uh, you know. The, what was it? The three to eleven, and then the, the seven to eleven, oh, or seven fantastic. to three next. And the general manager wanted to see me the next morning. And now, mind you, I'm the front desk at a, you know, at the, so. I guess that there was two Dave Johnsons <laughs> in the world. I know that that's going to come as a surprise to you. And um, so, you know, uh, Dave Johnson of you know, Wyzetta, Minnesota, was enjoying. The suite of uh, our multi-million dollar. <laughs> so I don't know who remembers who the most. Maybe maybe Dave Johnson. I, both Dave Johnsons probably remember me very, very clearly. Yes. Going down. Our last story comes from Barbara Espinosa. Barbara is product manager at Venza, a data protection company, and she has a powerful lesson for hoteliers everywhere. You just never know who's watching you. I was actually working at a hotel management company and I was applying for my Okay. So I was uh, the one assigned uh, by my hotel management company to implement the, all the compliance measurements uh, for data protection, you know, like GDPR, privacy regulations, PCI compliance, and all that. And part of that was to actually train the staff about how they needed to proceed with the check-in. So how they needed to handle the guest data, how they needed uh, to, what they needed to tell them so they could read all the terms and conditions, privacy policy, what they needed to accept, uh, capture their consent and all that. And uh, then what I realized, talking about loading dogs, after I went through a couple weeks of training and implementation mode, we did the digital check-in, the whole thing, everything was supposed to be good to go and ready, everybody got it, and um, then I got to stay for a week at the hotel. And as a guest, you know, you're not wearing any badges, you're not wearing your uniform, so you're just walking around, and I know the way through, uh, you know, like the loading dogs and the mm -hmm. inside of the property. So I would just like, trying to take a shortcut going through those places from one building to another in these like big resorts but I'm not wearing any identification so I was just walking past and I would see this front desk people just uh, ripping apart registration cards oh lord it's, it, it gets challenging I don't blame them it gets really challenging to try to check in this group sometimes you get I don't know, hundreds of people coming down the buses, checking in at a time, and you need to go through all of this, um, you know, annoying compliance measurements mm -hmm. that this lady from corporate just came and voted <laughs> on us. So, uh, it, I, I guess I get it. The easy thing for them to do was, let's just keep doing our paper registration cards, because we have them, mm -hmm. right? And then we'll just capture all the detailed stuff manually ourselves when we have time. So we get a chance to read. 
and they were doing it right there in front of me and they had no idea they didn't, they didn't know. remember me they didn't recognize me I was wearing my uniform I wasn't wearing like all the standards you know I had my hair down and I was wearing my sunglasses <laughs> and a bikini they were mo mostly surprised that a guest was back there and they didn't realize it was me and I was just shocked and of course it was like and I just spent two weeks of my my life yeah oh man but yeah, then you understand what, what they're actually going through, and and yeah, I guess it's it's just uh, you know a process, a process that people need to adapt to and go through those hiccups, go through those challenges, <laughs> of mixing operation and compliance, and yeah, that's that's pretty much my story. So did you did you tell on them? I did. I have to say I did. <laughs> so beware yeah. of corporate women in bikinis wandering yeah. the halls of your resort because you yeah. never know what they're going to see. I guess my tip would be you never know who the secret shopper is. Yes. So you never know if you're actually dealing with a guest or if you're dealing with someone from corporate or if you're dealing with someone from your compliance <laughs> supplier, right? It was a true pleasure to hear all of these front desk and front desk adjacent stories. I've said it before. I will say it again every day until my last. The front desk is so, so hard and I would be a total failure at doing that job. So I'm going to stick with running my mouth. Come back next week to hear the rest of our high-tech loading dock stories in episode 45. Thanks so much for listening. You can find the show notes from today's episode at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 44. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 